Blog Talk Radio. That's what led me to that warehouse. You call that helpful? You're going to beat that kid within an inch of his life. Come on. I wasn't going to kill him. It sure looked like it. The hand is dangerous. They murdered my parents. Invaded the city I was sworn to protect. That kid's got nothing to do with all that. Of course he does. He works for them. He needed a job. That's not an excuse. You never fought someone to protect someone else? Of course I have. Okay, so what's the difference? The difference is I live on their block. The difference is I'm not some billionaire white boy who takes justice into his own hands and slams a black kid against the wall because of his personal vendetta. Yeah, Claire told me about you on the way over here. Not all the mystical parts, but everything else. The money? That doesn't define me. Maybe not. But that kid is sitting in a jail cell tonight, and you're not. Neither are you. Not this time. But I've seen my share of injustice. The guy in the white hat, he's just the beginning. You're not thinking about the bigger picture. And you're not thinking about anything but yourself. Hey, you know nothing about me. I know enough. And I know privilege when I see it. You may think you earned your strength, but you had power the day you were born. Before the dragons, before the chi, you have the ability to change the world without getting anybody hurt. These people won't be stopped that way. Oh, so you're taking the war to the ones at the bottom, is that it? If I were in your shoes, I'd think twice about using that thing on people who are trying to feed their families. This isn't going to work out, it's obvious. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. folks we're back once again i am your host dbert aka the afro nerd and this is if you haven't guessed it the midweek in review edition of afro nerd featuring captain kirk incidentally we have someone you should be vaguely familiar with i say that to be 
to be tongue in cheek. Uh, the un- the uncanny Daryl B will be making an appearance, of course, um, because of a new position. Uh, we're playing it by ear with his availability, so things will probably get to a point of normalcy in a couple of months, and then we'll be back with the uncanny regularly on our Grindhouse podcast. But for the duration, why not hear from the uncanny on a Wednesday when we talk more politically, but we're going to, we're going to also touch on, on some pop culture issues. Also, we have to talk about this trailer. I can't wait. Normally I would say, you know what? We could just wait till Saturday and we'll, we will talk about it on Saturday, but realistically longtime listeners know I am chopping at the bit time for the uncanny to show up. We're going to chop this up and then we're going to talk about uh, nonsense that I wish really wasn't about fantasy. Unfortunately, we're living in reality under the Trump administration. There's some things that just hit the fan in the last couple of days. But, I mean, that's part of the course so far. Literally, I can't even say week to week. It's on a 24 to 48-hour basis with this person. So you know about the soldier's widow and how uh, purportedly she was spoken to in a less than honorable way. Uh, her husband was a Green Beret that died, and President Trump allegedly didn't say, didn't really give her uh, kind words, didn't really console this woman the way you would expect someone uh, with position. So we'll talk about that. There's other things going on. Hell, the fact that we're talking about the Black Panther in a few moments, there's a real-life Dr. Doom. There's a real-life Dr. Doom, I kid you not. Uh, Dr. Doom, a.k.a. Mark Faber. Talk about all this pop culture. The captain's predecessor from the Honor Guard, Iron Man, a.k.a. Mr. Starks, sent me a tweet saying this is about to blow up. Dr. Doom, that's this gentleman's code word. We'll get into it. I have the clips. We will talk about it. Anyway, before we go to this herb alt groove, remember, you know the drill. The call-in number, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Daryl is coming up in a few minutes. Of course, the captain is already here. This is weapon of choice. Soda pop, power groove. Got to love it. We'll be right back. One, two, three. Oh, pop it. Come on, pop it. Pop that thing. Love it. Pop 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 it. Oh, we 
Once again, this is Weapon of Choice, Soda Pop, Midweek in Review Time. Let's get into it. Captain, you're needed hmm, in the ready room. Let's get to it, sir. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Not to worry, Desmond. I'll be ephemeral right here. So not to worry. Now, come after October 25th this month, allegedly, theoretically, strong possibility, the slaughter of A-listers will be picking up. You have been warned, allegedly, theoretically, possibility. Who knows? The captain could be a total buffoon. Doesn't know what he's talking about. He says things for effect. Totally nothing. But you have been warned, come after October 25th. Allegedly, theoretically, strong possibility, the A-listers will be slaughtered like dogs. Now, again, doesn't mean it's going to take place. Captain could be saying this just for effect, total foolishness, buffoon, spookism. You know, I say these things and nothing ever really happens. You know, nothing happens. You know, I just talk just to talk. 
don't have to worry about it. Chances are it's not going to happen. Back over to you, Afternoon. Let's go. All right, folks. Again, if you haven't guessed it, this is the Midweek in Review edition of Afternoon featuring Captain Cam. Remember, as always, you know the drill. You know the drill. Saturdays at 6 p.m., we have our infamous Grindhouse podcast where we have uh, the uncanny's doppelganger, Clay Lene, by way of the West Coast. She should be in, yours truly, and, of course, Captain, and we'll talk more, more blurty, more nerds of colory. Uh, sometimes it gets a little bit passionate. Sometimes it gets a little bit political. But uh, that's Saturday. The time is now, 646 646- 915-9620 again 646-915-9620 um, Apologies for last week's preemption I, I was fully capable of, of going on for Delph as they say on the street D- D-E-L-F um, old school hip hop terminology for Delph the captain was unavailable sometimes we have outside interests outside goings on but it was pretty heavy, and, and I, I, I've done this before. We've, we're professionals, both of us, all of us now, the team, where we could fully do a, a broadcast. I said, okay, let me give you, 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 you listeners a break. But um, on some of the topics that – because I just basically moved over. Uh, that's, that's the funny thing about, about uh, the current news cycle is that you could push things forward a week, and now they seem like old hat somewhat, but – Still worthy of discussion. Anyway, there's some things that have popped off, uh, so we will mix it up a little bit. We, we will talk about some of the things that we didn't really get into last week, and we'll talk about the stuff that just popped off within the last 24 to 48, 48 hours. Um, I don't want to talk about the Black Panther trailer part two until the uncanny uh, is able to be beamed in. So let's go. Let's just go into. Um, Let's go into this thing with with President Trump. So many folks in African American media just use the term forty five. I mean that that's a way to with this situation. I, I really don't want to play that game. It's almost like woke. There's certain euphemisms that the tribe imbibes in that I'm not really about. I'm not gonna say woke. I'd rather be oh I'd rather be awake. These little cute terms are just a way, a way to avoid the inevitable. This man is the president of the United States, and you're going to have to deal with it straight on. So anyway, as I said, 24 to 40, 48 hours, there's always something going on. This is the new normal. I was speaking to someone earlier today, and – Someone who is certainly, uh, I suspect, I shouldn't say suspect, he is a pro-Trump person. He knows I am a conservative. So we have these conversations. But then uh, as the Trump phenomenon became more pronounced and it became less cute, I became more silent. (laughs) So there is a... And I shouldn't have to repeat this, but there is a distinction between or demarcation in the liberal front as there is in the conservative front. And I am not one of those folks that's going to make excuses for for whatever political spectrum you may 
be connected to. I'm not going to make excuses. This gentleman, again, nothing to do with his political persuasion. If we even really know as a public what his political persuasion really is, it's not about his politics. It's about his his deportment. I mean, this is a this is an ongoing MP4 file on repeat. He's just not equipped to be on the world stage, and not subjectively, objectively, you can tell this person's just winging it. He's just winging it. So, the latest dust-up pertaining to his winging it revolves around this soldier. Well, it's a twofold thing, because I'm kind of jumping around. Earlier this week, again, anything that pops off this, this gentleman's mouth, anything that he says, it's, it's just by happenstance. You can't believe this is... Um, a thoughtful person. And I'm not even thinking of, I'm not even talking about thoughtful in the sense of being kind. I'm talking about someone who is pensive, someone who who could actually who's intellectually curious. He's not this is not that guy. So earlier this week we heard that Donald Trump he made this pronouncement that uh or that was self congratulatory. He says, Oh well you know to give per, my personal condolences to the family of fallen soldiers. This is something that I do personally, uh, either in written form or personal phone call. And Barack, President Barack Obama never did this, and preceding presidents never did this. I did this. So right away, folks called him out on this. But he's Teflon Don. He's Teflon Don. Uh, I can't recollect the person from the Obama administration, but someone from the Obama, Obama administration, someone of heft, someone of note, tweeted out, you are a effing liar. I'm giving you, this is uh, deeper, I gave you the edited version. This person was so incensed. And we know how much of a class act, not just Obama, but also his, his people. This person came out of their composure. I believe it was, a, it was a young lady who said, you are a effing liar. Then the former attorney general, Eric Holder, also tweeted something out. I believe a photograph of President Barack Obama consoling a soldier's family. So then, President Trump, he capitulates a little. He capitulates in his own way. And he says, well, this is what I was told. Presidents really didn't do what what I, I have been doing. Then we segue to an actual example of this consoling that Trump, in his head, is proficient at. So, I'm going to go to a clip 
I'm going I'm going to I'm going to allow the clip to kind of expound on this and then we'll just chop it up. Um again, I really wanted to talk about Black Panther in the beginning because it just just to get my mood when you talk about Trump, my mood isn't in the great it, it puts me in a certain place. Toxicity is the word I'm thinking of. He he's really a toxic avenger <laughs> to go to a pop culture reference. Um Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, there's actually two clips. We'll see if we can get, you know, we'll see if we can get through two of them. But the first one is short. This is from Representative Frederica Wilson, who was uh, with the fallen soldier's widow, uh, LaDavid. I, I don't have the gentleman's last name, but at least I did. I'm doing better than President Trump, trust me, on, on uh, telling you who this gentleman uh, was, the, the uh, departed soldier. So anyway, this is from CNN. Freder- uh, Representative Frederica Wilson also has, has, has chimed in saying that this indeed happened where the president really wasn't proficient in consoling this widow. So we're, we're, going, to get it, we're going to get it in. All right. Hold on. Oops. Here we go. I know this is the first time that you're hearing the president's tweet read to you. So when he says that you've totally fabricated what he said to the wife of the soldier and he has proof. What's your response? Well, I, I don't know what kind of proof he could be talking about. Uh, I'm not the only person that was in the car. And uh, I have proof, too. This man is a sick man. Uh, he's cold-hearted, and he feels no pity or sympathy for anyone. This is a grieving widow, a grieving widow who is six months pregnant. This is a young woman. She's only 24 years old. She weighs maybe... 110 pounds, and she has two other kids, two years old and six years old. And when she actually hung up the phone, she looked at me and said, he didn't even know his name. Now, that's the worst part. So, Carson, let's talk about that. What did you hear? Tell us about this phone call. Well, I I didn't hear the whole phone call, but I did hear him say, I'm I'm sure he knew what he was signing up for, and, uh, but... It still hurts. So that's, that's how you interpreted it. You interpreted it as the president saying something callous in that way. Obviously, it can be heard lots of different ways. Um, it could be heard as the president trying to find some point of understanding to speak out to the widow. How did she hear it? What was her response? She was crying. It, it, she broke down. And she said, he didn't even know his name. So this, did you this, hear that part? Is, this, did you hear the part where, where it left the impression that he didn't know his name? She, she heard the part that he didn't know his name. And I don't think we should be trying to uh, go into all of this. What, what the concern is, we have a, a soldier who, who died from Miami Gardens. And uh, there are so many circumstances surrounding his death that I still have questions about. All right, let me go to a, one more thing. We're trying to—it's pretty lengthy, but we're going to go maybe two minutes in. This is also uh, Representative Federica Wilson um, discussing this uh, with the the View, ABC's The View. So hold on, you know Whoopi Goldberg and the whole crew. Hold on. Hey, now we were just talking about that shocking phone call from the new guy, 
to a fallen soldier's widow. And joining us live right now is the Florida Congresswoman who witnessed the call. Please welcome Congresswoman Frederica Wilson. Hey. Congresswoman, so you were in, you, you say you were in the car. Uh, the new guy in the office says he has proof of what he says. Can you tell us what you heard? Well, uh, I heard him say, uh, well, you know, this is what he signed. I'm sure he knows that this is what he signed up for, but it still hurts. And the saddest part of this, he kept referring to LaDavid as your guy. He never called his name. It was almost as if he forgot his name. And that's what hurt the mother so badly, the wife. She said he doesn't even know his name. Congressman, were, do you think President do you think President Trump was aware you were in the car at that moment listening to the call? Well, I think that President Trump was aware that we were on the way to retrieve the body from the airport to bring it back to the funeral home. So I'm sure he knew that I was not the only person in the car. It was a limousine, so I'm not the only person who heard the conversation. Uh -huh. And the call was on speakerphone. And, the, and she was crumpled up in a ball. She weighs maybe 103 pounds. She's six months pregnant. She had just found out that her husband would not be able to have an open casket funeral oh. because of the condition of the body. So she was grief-stricken. And uh, in the car was her aunt and uncle who raised La David. Uh, the, my driver, the, the, the gentleman from the Army, and the driver of the limousine. All right. I think you got the gist. And again, the call-in number is 646-915-9620, 646-915-9620. Uh, we, of course, welcome our longtime stalwart listener, John Hutton. There's also uh, Pete, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, in our chat room. Um, well. Cap, you know, here we are again, you know, uh, I, I have been critiqued at times for not really talking about Trump enough, and that's simply because uh, even as someone who does podcasting, uh, I listen to other broadcasters, and this is the soup du jour, where everyone is talking about Trump on a daily basis. And I, sometimes I just don't want to really, really want to partake a, a, about it, but it's unavoidable. But I know that there are many programs that at this point now, they talk about Trump every day. And uh, I don't like discussing the obvious sometimes. I mean, uh, again, I, I am a registered Republican. And at times I'm, I, I'm rethinking that. Not that I would go to being a liberal but maybe I, I would be more like like you, Captain, be, being being uh, independent. Um, it's a difficult one, but uh, the thing that keeps me keeps me kind of steady is that well, hell, there's just different. There are just clearly different conservatives. So um, I don't know what Donald Trump is. I see our friend the Uncanny has just beamed in. Uh, we, we will talk about black the Black Panther trailer. Uh, you know what? Instead of going to the captain, and I think the captain will understand, uh, we have our own soldier 
who would probably have a lot, a different insight on what has trans- transpired. So let me bring in eidetic team member. The Uncanny. Howdy, howdy, folks. Hey, man. What's up? Chilling, tired, rolling, Yankees winning four zip, but we got bigger fish to fry, I infer here. Yeah. Listen, Daryl, did you, uh, I don't know, I'm pretty sure you're aware of this thing. This whole dust up <sighs> with Donald Trump and how he consoles uh, soldiers, families, you, you have participated in, in global conflicts. You've, you've, got, you know, you've, you've served, our, served your country honorably, um, and you know how that goes. We thank you for your service. You know that. But I'm, I'm sure you have special insight on how this goes down. Look, what are your thoughts? Well, I'll keep this simple. I'll make it simple for anybody that, that, that's listening right now, all right? If you're a Trump supporter, if you're a Trump hater, let me ask you a question. What has this man ever done, done, to prove that he's a patriot? Go on, I'll wait. I'll wait while you guys think about it, and I'll answer in three, two, one. The reason why I say this is he famously, he famously tweeted about, I believe, Mr. McCain, about, yes. um, you know, um, he he is no true military hero of mine or something because he got captured, and captured soldiers ain't heroes. Really? Okay, that there's one. He at the same time he'll rip Colin Kaepernick and NFL players for not being patriotic because they choose to kneel during the national anthem, saying it's un-American. Well, then how American is it to call a widow as they're transporting her dead husband's body from what happened in Niger and? Boy, if you got on Obama's administration about Benghazi and you got on Hillary Clinton and all the people there, I can't wait to see this Niger report. But I digress. You call up Ed, Ed, you go like, well, he knew what he signed up for. You do not tell a widow of a fallen soldier like that. Ed, you don't use those words. You essentially just use what Afriner just told me. I'd like to thank him for his service. He made the ultimate sacrifice. I, it, it comes as little consolation, but his death was in the process of keeping our nation safe. And it will be a sacrifice that we can never truly repay, but we pay the utmost respect to. Oh, my God, I just gave her better condolences than Donald Trump. Seriously, seriously, there isn't that much farther this man can fall, okay? And it's getting serious now, all right? I'm, I'm not even talking about stuff that's happened in Somalia. I'm not even talking about stuff that's happened in Puerto Rico. I'm not even talking about the Virgin Islands. Hey, hey, Donald, can you spot that on a map? I'm not talking about all of that. But... For all those guys that had Trump's back when he was attacking football players and the NFL about being unpatriotic, explain to me how that answer was patriotic. Hey, 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 folks, I'm back, and I'm a bitch. Back to you, Afro-nerd. 
All right, I couldn't say it any better than that. You would know. Uh, the captain, man, what are your thoughts? Well, there's nothing to add and take away. Darryl B's world is so beautiful right now, so anything you've said, we might take it away or mess it up. Let's leave it at what Darryl said. Great job, Darryl. Yeah, Thank I'm, I'm going to pretty much... I'm going to pretty much leave it at that. I think that's, I mean, you know, that's it. <laughs> it's no more. Folks, again, uh, the uncanny, he's in the house on a Wednesday, no less. Uh, the call-in number is 646-915-9620, 646-915-9620. I see we have a caller uh, from, I think, is this from the ATL? 404. Is this uh, Nas? Yes, indeed. Hey, yes, man. Yes, indeed. What's going on, Afro? Howdy. What's going on, Cap? I'm doing well. What's up? Hey, not much sitting there listening. Yeah, good call from uh, uh, last gentleman who was on, man. Uh, David Frum has some interesting things to say about this today on Twitter, and I think mm-hmm. he kind of hit to the heart of it where he just talked about, like, look, they realize they have to manage this guy in typically every situation. There's some things he's not going to be good at, and if you actually put it in his hands, it's going to be a disaster. So they flubbed it early on with the letters, and then when he got called out on it, they had to try to backtrack and make it right, and that means you're putting the phone in his hands, the man who can't stay on on message, the man who is so loose with the mouth that uh, a simple call like this turns into another PR5. He is the greatest marksman uh, at shooting himself in the foot of all time. Like, there's nobody like him. Simple things that anybody who understands, you know, how to get along with people or how to hold office can handle, he just, he, he can't do it, man. And, and they're just managing him at every point. But Frum's larger point was then you start thinking about, you know, threats of nuclear war, uh, getting along with your allies, or uh, get, just getting political fallout because this guy can't handle the job. And if you have to manage him at every turn, uh, at what point does – one of these disasters end up being something monumental. So that, that's the danger of having someone who's unqualified in office. And I don't know how, how they're really going to handle this because their thought was, hey, we can lead them around by the nose. We'll get some of our wish policies. But he can't even handle the bully pulpit to enhance getting their policies passed because he essentially just waits, uh, sees the blowback from the policy uh, that, that's presented, and if it's too hot, then he just walks away and says they failed. So it's a man with no accountability, uh, essentially no country, and one of the great opportunists of all time. And when you get deep into the racism with him, you often have to wonder, is he actually racist or is he an opportunist who sees that the red meat thrown to his base of talking about the, the, the flag and the kneeling and all of that? Is he just an opportunist who will always take that chance because it's there and it's easy and he can keep that his base as a firewall uh, to protect him from, you know, the rest of the country who is looking at him as if, you know, he's some kind of buffoon. So it, it, this is really interesting to watch, man. But as you said, uh, it's kind of soaking up the news cycle every day and it's soaking up a lot of our, uh, I, I want to say, intellectual effort to a certain degree because we're always trying to diagnose and figure out and, and, and look at what's going on. And, you know, that that's kind of tragic as well. You know what I mean? We're in the Berlusconi uh, period uh, that Italy went through when they had that guy over there. So, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to end, but uh, it's going to be made for reality TV. I know that. But uh, salute to y'all, man. Yeah, Thank but you, man. 
it, it, it's 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 a it's a valid point. You know what this dude is, and and I I thought about this. I thought about this while you guys were discussing the grind, on the grindhouse. I'm going to use a grindhouse term here. A couple of them. He's Kevin Spacey from House of Cards, meets Gaius Boltar from Battlestar Galactica. The problem is both of those men are egomaniacs, but both of them were intelligent. I'm not seeing Trump's intelligence here. So uh, for the next two and a half years, I'm going to have to sit with my fingers crossed what the last gentleman is talking about as he turns everybody against us. <laughs> that, that is not a good feeling to have. And I, look, look, yo, if you are a soldier, okay, and I'm an ex-soldier, if you are a soldier and you supported this dude— Okay, and you're still 100% behind them. I gotta ask why. After hearing what he just did here, after he, uh, with the remarks about McCain, how could you be solidly still behind this dude? You know, and the worst thing for a soldier to be in the middle of a battlefield or trying to protect the country is looking at your back and looking, looking, or side-eyeing, looking at your back, not focused on the enemy in front, but wondering if the enemy is in your hierarchy. If your commander-in-chief is doing this to your back, how can you protect your front? Sorry, Afrinard, I had to throw that in because That's the last right. caller was eloquent. We have another call, but I want to mention something briefly. Um, unfortunately, I made this show a shorter show at the last minute because uh, folks know that, and Daryl knows this very intimately with me, that I am obsessed with this Black Panther thing, and we're going to talk about it. So uh, I've been working out, and I was hoping that my workout partner, Jose, at 9 o'clock, we were going to do what we had to do so I can get in Panther shape for February 2018. He, he, he text, messages me, text messages me and tells me, I'm too tired. We're going we're gonna to get it in tomorrow. I said, Uh-oh. okay. So, so anyway, the reason why I say that, to be somewhat humorous, I don't really want to go into, go into uh, why Trump is who he is or trying to figure out a reason. Is he racist? Is he not? I'm going to do what T'Challa did or said in Civil War. I don't care. I don't care. That is how I want to, I, That's how I want black folks, if we're going to be tribal, I want black folks to start conducting themselves like T'Challa. That's why uh, I think this movie is extremely dangerous. And this goes into the quantum wave theory that the captain often espouses. That stuff... That ish, I want to curse, I'm not. That ish is real. You don't want black folks thinking that highly of themselves. So you push the Cardi B's on them. Yes, I said it for the umpteenth time. Shout out to Claire Lene. Uh, you push the minstrels on us so you don't get a chance to see what black genius looks like. Even if it's fantasy. Even if fantasy, fantasy and mythology are quite motivating. It motivated me enough to say, I gotta get in shape. I wanna be like that. And I'm an adult saying that. So, to, to, throughout all of this, I'm pretty much thinking, we've gotta get certain things in. And something else Captain references as well, which is very, quite comical. All of a sudden you're hearing 
the Puffies and the Masterpiece talking about, well, maybe we should start our own NFL. This is why you got to be careful about Trump, because unfortunately, the white man seems to motivate you. And I'm talking about this white man. Unfortunately, our mind, our minds are so screwed up because of the middle passage that we're, we're only motivated when we feel threatened on a visceral, passionate level. So the NFL and all of that, we can talk that, talk that up a little bit in a moment, too. Actually, I want to get into, I want to take this caller, get into Black Panther talk, and then maybe we're going to have to address Jamel Hill and also uh, the NFL, go back into that again. That's not leaving us either. 314, welcome to the midweek. Tell us who you are, where you're calling from. I'm calling from the Midwest. I'm known as Pianchi. <laughs> you know, the caller before. With, yeah, the caller before your co host, I think his name is Naj. I tried my best to agree with something that he said in that diatribe. But no, right. I think uh, I don't have no problems with uh, Donald Trump. I took it for him. You know, today we are in a, in a volunteer military. And when people sign up, they know what they're signing up for. And also, they know if they go into combat area, they can always expect, but hope not, that they're going to expect that they're going to be in some very highly conflicted areas. And I'm sure this gentleman, just like Pat Tillman, did the one that was an NFL player, and he quit the right. NFL to go. Right. Yeah, I think he knew what he was getting involved in. Of course, he didn't think that he would be killed by friendly fire, but he knew what he was getting involved in. Now, as far as McCain is concerned, I never have liked him. He was against the Martin Luther King uh, holiday. He also was the one who cast a deciding veto vote with George Bush to veto the Civil Rights Act. And uh, that, was, that was about the third time in history that that had ever been done. And I believe that was 1989, I believe it was, when he, uh, 1988, 1989, when he cast the vote for, that allowed George Bush Jr. to sustain a veto of the Civil Rights Act. But uh, I don't have a problem with uh, Donald Trump. I'm happy I supported him, happy I voted for him, would vote for him again. And hopefully that uh, some of the issues that he has proposed, uh, the long list that they put out there, I wasn't in favor of all of them, the one on North Korea and Iran, I was against those. But the rest of them, especially school choice. No, no one can't say that uh, black kids in the inner city, parents don't need school choice especially those who come from functional families, and they do the things necessary in order to sway the educational outcome for their children. I enjoy your show. Thank you very much. Okay. Hey, I got what I asked for. I wanted to hear somebody that still supports them after all of this. Now, it's true. uh, Just my quick rebuttal on that. Again, it's not that I'm supporting McCain. But everybody knows McCain is is what his military service was. It's just the tweet he put out about McCain. You put that public, and then that if if you think Kaepernick is is doing what he's doing, and that's anti-flag and anti-military, that was the platform you guys chose. Then how is Trump pro-military for doing what he just did? Well, you know something else, uh, Daryl, and I said this, and I always kind of mix in things with the, with the comic book uh, pop culture world. Um, 
Long-time listeners know that I'm obsessed with intelligence. Not that I have to be intelligent, but I mean the idea of intelligence. And what I say is that that's what really got me into uh, President Barack Obama. That's what got me into uh, Jeremy Lin, who's a Harvard, Harvard uh, basketball player with an econ- economics degree. There's just certain uh, – Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. I like intelligent people. I like My intelligent discourse. Yes. Right, the football player who is uh, from Florida, correct? Yep. Former, yeah. So I, I like, and also John Urschel, who 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 is getting out of the CTE game, and is pursuing a man of color, black man, who's pursuing a PhD from MIT in mathematics. So I like people who have, wait for it, cogitation. That's uh, myself and Q Storm's favorite word. Uh, I, I just like it. Not that I am the most intelligent guy, but I like the idea of intelligence. I, and I think I wish that would be imparted on black folk uh, more as a brand, that we have, to, we have to start thinking about the idea of intelligence. Branding, I hate to say uh, intelligence has to, has to be colorized, but in our case, it has to be colorized. When you hear about the Nigerians in this country, the, the um, most educated ethnic group in this country – First Nigerians, second are Asian folk. I think it's important for people of color, especially black people, to kind of know that anecdote. We need to know it. And I think there's, there, it, is a, it is something about people, something, something about a, a, uh, a, pro, a programming that doesn't want us to feel that way. They don't want us to feel that way. Now, what, now I'm saying all of this to say Trump, are, Trump is none of these things. Trump is not intellectually curious, so I'm I'm very I'm I'm a little like off I'm a little I'm a little disturbed by people who have this kind of support for Trump as if he's doing something. It's very clear he is winging it. Uh, hell, I, I I think back to the, all the grief that President Barack Obama got when President Barack Obama and we could, and we deconstructed this, and then we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, I promise you, the uh, Black Panther trailer, number two. And I, I deconstructed this event. Uh, during the, the first year or first few weeks or months of the Obama administration, everyone remembers Beer Gate, right, where Dr. Henry Louis Gates got into a dust-up over, quote-unquote, breaking into his own house on, Har- on uh, Harvard's campus. It was a big hullabaloo. He got involved in an altercation with the cop and so forth. I, I have an issue with how that went down. But when President Barack Obama said, I think the cop acted stupidly, do you remember how much heat and how much control they had over how Barack Obama is supposed to weigh in on a topic? In other words, this is the, this is the thing that we have to kind of let folks know. There really is a difference between black and white. There is, there is a difference. The fact that this man has to, had to scramble around, and the whole Beer Gate thing, the Beer Summit, that came about because he was trying to, to not come off threatening. He couldn't just, he just couldn't come out and, with a pimp hand and act the way that um, President Trump is acting. And when you, re, when you rethink this now, 
it's unfortunate that B- President Barack Obama couldn't say, F you. I think the cops acted stupidly. So what? Now, no one is going, these people who are, these apologists are not going to talk this way. They're not going to be straight up. But this is very obvious. Almost everything, the, the, the most minute thing, when President Barack Obama wore a tan suit one day, that was a problem. This man is, is talking about grabbing women's genitals and, and talking about POWs who can no longer raise their arms. I mean, we can go on and on and on. This guy gets a pass. I mean, this is, if, this is, if there was ever a case study for uh, white skin color privilege, this is it. And this is coming from me. Again, mind you who, you, who you're who you're listening to. This is coming from an Afro nerd who really who this show is really about deconstructing race and not really bringing up race all the damn time. I want to keep it moving. I want to be. I don't care from T'Challa's mouth. I don't. I, I want to be planning. I don't really want to be. That, that's where my conservative conservatism co- comes in. This is the way some of these people conduct themselves. They are they are comfortable with this guy. One quick thing, and we'll move, we'll move to Black Panther. Uh, on, on Curtis Sliwa's t- uh, radio show in the afternoon, Curtis Sliwa, we know him as a radio personality and also uh, the founder of the um, – uh, why, why am I forgetting? The, um, Guardian ah, Angels. Guardian Angels, thank you. The Guardian Angels. A caller calls up. This is WABC New York 770. Calls up and says – well, you know, Trump is just he's, – he's so intelligent that he speaks too quickly. He thinks too quickly, and he can't really spit it out in an appropriate way. So, you know, he, he's, he's thinking about everything, and he's, he's so perfect. And, 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 and um, Curtis Lee said, are you crazy? Are you crazy? This man is willing to say that this man is so intelligent, he doesn't know how to comport himself. He's thinking too quickly. He's, he, I'm like, okay, we're talking about somebody – Who's so 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 much of an ostrich, so much of a sycophant that there's no reasoning. The time for reasoning is over. That's it. This is to, this is to, the, to the black, brown, yellow, and white progressive listener. And I'm not even talking about politically progressive. I'm talking about people who just are, can think. To the thinkers, you better figure out a way. You better figure out a way because this guy and some of these people. They, they want this. They're fine with this. They're delusional. There's no reasoning. There's no reasoning. It's over. It's over. All right. One, we got a call. Then it's Black Panther. 703, the DMV. What Hello, say you? Afro nerd. Hello, Afro nerd. Hello, Hey, man. Daryl. I don't know. Another, so- another soldier to our listeners, another soldier, soldier who we honor your service. I know you can speak upon this. Well, I can. Uh, I think Daryl covered a lot of succinct points. Um, at the end of the day, I, I, personally, I think General Kelly should have resigned on the spot, um, bringing his, you know, forty-five, bringing his son into in, into the um, um, discussion for political purposes. Um, but that lets you know he sold his soul out. Um, I disagree with the previous caller. I've 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 served 28 years. I did seven to eight combat deployments, and wow. I've never heard one person say, 
well, um, I signed up for this. I knew, you know, I could die. I never heard that. And I've I, I worked with special forces. I've worked with SEALs. I've worked with Marine Commandos. I never heard that. I never heard that in my deployments. That's like saying, well, I mean, you can dodge being a bus driver. And there are many people who have long military careers who go into war and never lift a, a weapon, depending on their on, on specialty. So I don't buy that. It's Look, I'm like you in some regards. I know it's surprising. We know what we're dealing with. This is what black Americans, especially in professional life, have dealt with all their lives. What is that? The um, the mediocre white person in power. Okay. Here we go. And this one got into the White House. And it is what it is. We what what do our parents always say? We have to be twice as hard, work twice as hard. This ain't half the stuff that Trump has done if, if Obama had did it. We would firestorm. We would have had an impeachment within the first month. But sixty-one million people voted for him, and that's why I tell my um my closest friends. You getting mad on social media doesn't change anything because the vast majority of Americans don't pay attention to social media. They live their lives. They listen to Fox News. They listen to Rush Limbaugh. That's where they get their talking points from. And that that, that allows for Trump to um to win the White House. And like the previous call said, he will probably win a second term. Because yeah. I don't see anything from the other side. We'll see because in a few weeks in my state, will be one of the first general elections, statewide elections, after last year's um, presidential election for governor and some more um, offices on the state level. Um, will there be an anti-Trump backlash? I don't know. Something tells me it will be very, very, very close. That's just the nature of the beast. And how Virginia goes, I think you're going to see how a lot of states go. And Bison, to that point, I will say this. Last last month, New York had its Democratic primary, and I could tell you I got to the polling place around three thirty, and there was only three other people in there besides the poll workers. Three other people voting compared to the presidential election, where it was a line going up and out of the. Out of the school gymnasium where where my polling place is, so you know, always, that's always, a scary thing. I, you're right. I always joke that I can literally leave my car idling out in front. I can run in and run back out without fear of somebody jumping into. I think I'm gonna try it next time. Oh I'm God! <laughs> I mean, literally, I literally can walk in and out. Um, only thing in where I live is paper ballots. Don't ask. You know, and so that you got to go through that song and dance. But, Debert, we've been through this. This is, yeah. if you're a man of a certain age, this is cyclical. People don't remember George Wallace. Oh, yeah. Who got it was, shot it was not paralyzed. too far from where I live at. Yeah. You know, and, and this guy, <laughs> he won delegates. Yeah. Yeah. And well, Strong or Strom Thurmond before yeah. before both of those gentlemen that ran as a Democrat, as, as a Dixiecrat, on a segregationist ticket. 
<laughs> he was straight up with it. While now, having a people. while having a black daughter. <laughs> Go ahead. Yep. That's the irony. That's the sickness. Conservative. There's a difference between a conservative and a, and a Republican. I, I, I still think there you can have conservative. I, I, I've met. I've met. I, I've seen dichotomies on the two. There's some. I have some very conservative um, bent on some issues. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think the current president is a conservative. I don't think so. I either. think. I, I, because the conservative. I, I'm. I'm in the nation's capital, pretty much. Trust me. <laughs> the mainstream GOP hates this man. But they fall. But the one thing I give the GOP credit for, they fall in line. They fall in line and vote. Well, yeah, that's another thing that's disturbing is that there's there's uh, audio of um, of Paul Ryan clearly saying we don't like this guy. Audio saying this guy doesn't, you know, he's he's, he's bad, he's he's ill-equipped. It was a candid conversation, but we're supposed to forget that that conversation never took place because well, the man got in the office. I guess they never thought he was going to actually win. Not that he's there. We're on the winning team. Political, it's about political expediency. So, again, what you just said, uh, if you are someone who, whose parents were of the civil rights movement or the civil rights age, uh, I wasn't young enough to, to experience the civil rights age, but I was raised with the stories. So I, might, I, I feel like I was there because your parents raised you in that environment. You know, you had... You, you you grew up, many black people grew up with a picture of JFK and MLK. The millennials have a picture of uh, Tupac <laughs> and Biggie and maybe Obama. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole, you know, they, they, got, they have this shock and awe. You know, I hate to dump on millennials, but they have this shock and awe. I don't think they're ready. I don't think they're ready. They're too much into uh, microaggressions. Forget microaggressions. They're running over young white liberals in Virginia. They're ready to get it get get it going. Hey, 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 Deber, you can ask Daryl. This is nothing new. There were units in the military where guys had certain tattoos. Yep. To let you know what where, where they stood. They had whole units. Where a lot of them went in You know some commanders tried to bust it up But it is what it is And a lot of them tend to be in the soft community Which is special operations Daryl stop me if I'm wrong Nope you're telling fact There were guys I stayed away from There were guys that when I got my assignment And I was paired with them I made sure that they were in front of me At all times Wow Alright I will say that truthfully Just because listen listen there's there's something when it comes to racism, all right? There's something when it comes to racism. I cannot like you in the unit personally, but if we're on the battlefield, I know that we depend on one another. The inherent evilness of racism is you could be serving in the same unit with the same goal. When the pressure comes on, they will back away and let you take the heat, or they will push you in front to take that fire. They will go that extra step. It doesn't matter that you're all wearing the same green. 
All right. Let they me, will only see the yellow. They will only see the black. They will only see the brown. They will only see the tan. They will only see the red. But as well, if they don't see the white, you're expendable. Fragging Keeping it a hundred. Fragging was big in Nam. Fragging is when officers were killed by their own men. You don't hear a lot wow. about that because if you did, you know, a lot it of was, the it was, uh, you hear about would crumble. But on that note, I want to stay to the. I want to hear the Black Panther discussion. So yeah. can I hang on? Thank and you. Maybe yeah, yeah, of course. Jump on that. Of course. Okay. Um, let, let's, let's get. Let's let's kind of raise our spirits a little bit, folks. Uh, I'm extremely extremely elated. Again, this is the Midweek in Review. Uh, our stalwart co-discussant. You know him mostly on on the Grindhouse, but because of scheduling, he's going to be a frequent contributor for the Wednesday show. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, we always love to hear. Daryl speak his truth, um, whether it's on Saturday or Wednesday. So anyway, Monday morning, <laughs> all hell breaks loose in a very playful way with this unannounced release of Black Panther Part 2. The Black Panther trailer, the first one was during the uh, NBA Finals, if I remember correctly, and that caused quite a hullabaloo. And this time around, it was released a few days ago, Monday, unannounced, just pow, just, just out in the blue. And I actually got an instant message at the corporates from uh, a friend who is at a Michigan location. So he says to me in an instant message, he says, hey, um, did you check out the BP trailer? And I haven't spoken to him for a minute. And I assumed he was talking about the first BP trailer. And I said, oh, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the business. I can't wait. And then I check my, my uh, Twitter account, and I see everyone is blowing up about Black Panther. I said, wait a minute. This can't be what I think is going on. So I quickly check my phone, and I see, oh, there's a second trailer. So I'm going to defer to Daryl, and we're going to get into this. What are your thoughts about this new trailer where they show a lot more? And these trailers are long, like two minutes, two minutes in length. And uh, more badassery. So what are your thoughts about this? I will say it like this. It blew my mind. I saw it about five times in a row when I first get to I, – I had to watch it a couple more times at work. You know, I watched it one time before I had to head home. It, it was total motivation, okay? Um, that being said, Marvel, Ryan, please do not release any more. Don't listen yeah. to these other people to say really don't release anymore because unfortunately because of all of my black powder knowledge I think I got like fifty eight percent of the plot down now <laughs> I don't want anymore I want to be surprised a little please I it, when I saw the second suit. Right there, I'm loving it. At the same time, I'm like you've gone too far. You've gone too far because if 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 that wasn't revealed on the trailer, and you saw that in the movie. I know us that re- have read the Priest Run, that loved the McGregor's Prant to Pray, us that loved the 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 the, the, uh, the early of the Hudlin Run. You know, we would have geeked out in the theater. Now we've already seen it in the trailer, All right? So so that's one thing. The second thing is. I'm going to go and uh, briefly agree with you on the soundtrack. I, I heard the music, and I was like, okay. And I like 
the, the Scott Heron. Don't get me wrong. Right. I Give like Scott the Scott Heron. Exactly. But as I told people on Twitter, what I did was for the rewatches of the Black Panther, I put on Unlocking the Truth, Take Control. And I played that as the trailer rolled. And I was like, okay, I am going to need some rock. I am going to need some Afropunk in this thing. I am going to need stuff that, that just makes it electrifying. The other music has its place, okay? And you could do that. But for something this high-tech and advanced, there better be at least 50% of this either African rhythms or Afropunk. I am just saying it like that. Back to you, Afro-Nerd. Yeah, you know, that, that, we were going back and forth about that, and I'm like, I'm like 80%, 80% annoyed by that. The second trailer of music. The first trailer, I, I had to concede to the, to the RT, RTJ, the Run the Jewels. I, did, I had to concede to it because the way it was sonically, if we're going to be honest, you know, what kind of has that, you know, that, that kind of like ominous thing, the ominous and the, and the cowbells. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to front. I'm not, I'm not indifferent to that particular first time out. Because it was it was it was mostly uh, it was just it was instrumental, it was instrumental and it was ominous, and it even had that, that that last kind of weird horn blast as the as it ended. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm with that. But then we revisit another hip hop thing. I'm like, listen, this is, I think, where where do they say actually Wakanda, the fictional Wakanda? Is it considered Central Africa? I think it's considered Central. Uh-huh. It's not even like. I thought it, I always thought it was or West Eastern. Africa, actually. No, it's not. It's not. I don't think it's West Africa. You, it's so uh, central. Okay. I read it somewhere. I think fictionally it's not West Africa. It's you know I don't, I think fictionally it's not. But be that as it may, um, I'm eighty percent because when they got it, when you start breaking it down, there's a little bit of radicalism attached to it. So even though it's a hip hop thing. When you start throwing out Gil Scott Heron in there, that's when I said, mm, you know what? I'm 80%. <laughs> you know, but but uh, listen, there's a song that I played. Uh, I think I have it. I think I have it in the uh, uh, on the boards. A later, a later Gil Scott Heron tune that is that is fire. That if they were really going to go into this thing. They really need to go into world music, Afropunk, African metal. African metal is blowing up in uh, West African countries. I mean, there's, there's so many ways to go about this thing. And what makes it very interesting for me also, and I'm seeing a lot of people cross-racially who are extremely giddy. And that also does something to me. Not that I need to see – I know Catherine said something in, in our DM about, you know, we need, we need to see – white approval. It's not about that. But I get where he's coming from. Uh, that's an element for some people. But it is cool to see other folks get into this. Okay, so I saw a lot of white commentators on YouTube blowing their minds off of this. And what what I'm really getting to is the Black Panther, uh, it is radically different in look 
than the other Marvel properties. Radically different. And and it's almost um, kismet that Marvel Marvel's success may actually reach another another pla- plateau for a movie they really didn't want to do. Let me repeat that. It may actually reach a plateau for a movie they really didn't want to do because a, a common complaint, as much as as, as much as I love Marvel Marvel product thus far, is that it's starting to feel a little too cut and paste. You know, folks thought that, well, you know, this Doctor Strange was a little too much like Iron Man, and you start to see that they have so they have such a formula that works that it could be off-putting. Black Panther, and, and to a lesser degree, Thor even. Thor is an excellent segue into Black Panther visually. But Black Panther doesn't look like anything we've seen before. So if you're going in that direction, you might as well go full throttle and give us music we're not accustomed to listening to. I don't want to, I don't want to have any connection to BET Hip Hop Awards nonsense. Please. Hey, Bieber. Maybe they ha- will have two soundtracks. Maybe they have an uh, orchestral soundtrack and one with um, um, singles, so to speak. I mean, that's sometimes common practice. I mean, I don't think what we saw is going to be in the movie per se. And they may have, you know, something for European audiences, something from U.S. audiences. I mean, I, under- I fully understand what you're saying. But then again, if, if they played uh, Wiz Kid or some Afro pop um, artists from Nigeria, whatever, you know, a small segment is not going to know, you know, who know what that is as well. So, um, I, and also it's marketing. I don't know what record company is tied to Disney. I don't know. I don't know if it's Universal. I don't know. So sometimes that sometimes that might be the impetus of what's included in the soundtrack. Just as long as it isn't RZA right now. I would love to have some RZA beats on this. Nope, nope, nope. Dude just made himself toxic, so no RZA. And you guys know how much I love Wu-Tang. No. Well, well, you know what? Go into that a little bit. I'm a little... What did he do or say? What did I miss on that one? Uh, The Russell Crowe, Azalea Banks spitting incident. Okay, that's going back a little Okay. So he finally revealed, yes, Russell Crowe uh, spat on her, and I, I, uh, I, I, I stood indifferent. I'm being nice about this, about how he did it. This was not the week to to be going into this, and and again, it just proved to a lot of black women that hey hey hey, yeah, here's a, a, another black woman high profile considerably high profile in the news being disrespected by white and my black brother ain't going to support me. So that, yeah. So RZA, RZA is kind of on this list right now. Well, you know, something hey, else. Yeah. This is what's released the same week as black Panther next year. Early man, Samson, monster hunt two and loveless. The following wow. week is not, the following week is annihilation. The week, $200 million? The week, the week before is Fifty Shades, Fred, Free, <laughs> Peter Rabbit, the Hurricane Heist, and Monster Family. 
black people, if you don't save up your money to see Black Panther the first two days it opens, I will never talk to you again. It, it save up, save up, buddy, man. It's America, man. Stop it. Third world country. Everybody out there got money to go see Black Panther. Uh, hey, Cap, I just have to say it that way. I'm back, you know. But you know what? I, I'll i never underestimate the powers of fifty the Fifty Shades franchise with black women. All right? That may be the one to derail it because we all know black women that really, really love these movies for some reason. Well, you know something else, too. Uh, there's an article that I put into the chat room. That's from Rolling Stone, and it's called Black Superheroes Matter, Why a Black Panther Movie is Revolutionary. Now, mind you, I'm wondering if they're, picking, if they're actually listening to our show, because how many times have I said, I said that two or three years ago, that this, this is a revolutionary film, and people were looking at me like, oh, you're just, you're, you are exaggerating. Now I see it in print. This article also makes reference to Afropunk. They, again, they said... They said that, oh, wow, the, the visuals, this is Afropunk. So I'm like, okay, let me get this straight. I'm, I'm pleading. With, I was so crazy about this thing. I sent a tweet to Ava DuVernay because I knew that Ava DuVernay, I mean, it doesn't mean anything. These people, sometimes you'd be surprised who listen to your tweet. But I sent a tweet to Ava DuVernay because I know that she has, she has a friendship with Ryan Coogler. And I was, I, you know, listen, I, I am who I am. And I said, hey. Tell your boy to knock it off. <laughs> I said, you need to, you need to get some, some, some uh, contact Vernon Reed. This shout out to Vernon Reed. Contact uh, Femi Kuti, Phelos Sion. Uh, contact, do something. Not, to this, not for this to be all about hip-hop. Please don't do that. This is, this is a West African, a, not West, an African-themed movie. You got everything else is in place. Matter of fact, we got to talk about this poster. This poster is revolutionary. I mean, listen, this thing's got to play in. It has to play in in China. And we know that they have notoriously made, uh, you know, when it's an all white movie and there's a black character, all of a sudden that ca- the black character in the poster gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Now you have you have a completely very black. Posted that we haven't seen since the 70s. So I mean, I, I, I'm curious how Marvel magic. I mean, you have to give credit to Marvel. Marvel went all in. This is this is unquestionably a black movie. So well, how, does it, how does this play out? What, what, what do we? How does this play out with all of this? Anybody? Honestly, honestly, the best best credit I could give to the poster is it looked like Machine Nukumba drew it. That's the best compliment I could give to that poster. Folks, uh, uh, Afrofuturism, well, look up Machine Nokumba and her, his art about, uh, about how he drew a futuristic Africa and stuff like that, and look at that poster. And that, it, you'll thing? know that's the highest form of credit I could give. Well, one thing you have to understand, posters and promotion is different for every country. That's common practice once you get outside the United States. That's a common practice for all movies, all right, whether it's Tom Cruise <laughs> or whether it's a black movie. You just hear about very little. I get to see a lot of these posters. And I say, that's not the same one for America, and that's the white guy. 
<laughs> what they did with it. You know, so that's what they do because they have consultants and they have, as they say, as they say, add-on advertisement firms in that country, and they say, what's the best way that we can get the most viewers, people in the seats, via promotion? How should we do this? And the people in that country do it. It's not really done from here. You know, it's not like you can do the poster here and say, this is we want this put in your country. They throw it back to you and say, this is the way it should be done. This is the way the promotion should be done for this country. So it might come out one way in France and totally different in Italy. You understand? And then totally different again in China. And then Europe may potentially be, or should I say not Europe, England may be potentially somewhat similar to the United States. That's pretty much how they do it, you know? So for each country, more than likely, you're going to see a lot of different posters. Andy Circus might be on the posters in China. I about to he say might that. be there. That's right. That's right. Well, a- Andy Circus and Martin Freeman are on the poster. But, I mean, you know, as they should be. But it's overwhelmingly black. And they, we see so this with 12 years, years of slave. But with 12 years of slave, in Italy specifically, we saw Brad Pitt, who was, I believe, an a, a, a investor producer of the film he had like what a, a five minute ten minute ten minutes is too long five minute contribution to the film and Italy had him square center is like he, he's, a, he's a slave Brad Pitt's the slave in, in Italy according to their poster so you had, you, I, I would be I would be shocked but not so shocked that with a film that is this black to see Martin Freeman, Frodo, and Andy Serkis or whoever, any of these guys, but for them to twist it up to make white people comfortable you're in Europe to see this thing. It, it, you know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be interesting. Eber and Daryl, put your nerd hat on again. I'm hearing rumors that um, Robert Downey Jr. is, is going to die in the second Infinity War. Iron Man is going to die. And that's going to move Black Panther into his spot for the next Marvel. Was that um, Mark Four? The Phase? Yeah. Yeah, hey, Phase Four. Look, folks, it just look, it's hard, it's hard for me to look at it, but I still do. The Avengers cartoon that's out now, that they, they've gone from Assemble to Ultron Revolution, now it's Secret Wars. The main mm-hmm. Avengers, movie Avengers, are gone. It's the second team, co-led by Captain Marvel and and um, and Black Panther. That's and the team is the the Ant Man and Wasp from the movie with Scott Lang and and Pym's daughter, uh, Miss Mar Miss Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan, and uh, Vision. Along with Black Panther and Miss Marvel, that's that's the team now, right now. <laughs> that's the that's the team they're rolling with right now for the the Avengers cartoon that's on Disney right now. All right. So, and I've told folks before, I warned folks before, they take on Thanos with the Infinity Gems. I mean, the Infinity Stones. I mean, whatever those gems are, whatever those power things are. If read the original Infinity Gauntlet. The heroes are not coming out unscathed, folks. 
there are going to have to be some serious damages. You're taking on cosmic powers. All right? What is Hawkeye going to do against a guy with cosmic powers? I love bows and arrows. But uh, seriously, you're taking on a guy who can control time, power, space, etc., etc. You got arrows. <laughs> I love Captain America. He's got super strength. He's a master tactician at an unbreakable shield. Against a guy who can control power, space, reality, yada, yada. Good luck. There's going to be losses. Prep yourselves. That's all I'm saying. Well, they, they gave Panther and Series going to be in Infinity War. That's already confirmed. Well, hell, we might even see Peggy Carter make a return, even though we saw her uh, succumb because she was old. She was she was aged, but this Infinity Gym situation, uh, you know, at the time, Jim, we may see her reemerge and end up. I think that's going to happen because of the kind of kind of sort of popularity of that character. I think we're going to see a permanent return to Pe- uh, uh, of Peggy Carter that they're just, you know, there'll just be a time, a time deal where she's just brought back to life. So, and that's a, and that's a complaint. And what you're talking about, it, it becomes a little weird because a common complaint of Marvel is that there's really no risk that these characters, you know, they end up coming back to life or they, they're not really dead. So they, they may have to address that in these in the Infinity War and the Infinity War, Infinity War sequel. So what you're asking for, you know, it might it might have to be that way. And then also I think Feige also kind of intimated that, you know, this has to come to an end in some way. That after uh phase four, they we don't know what Marvel's going to be about. Marvel has this twenty some odd year plan. And then once that's over, they may go in a completely different way. These characters have to be rebooted. The actors have to be re, have to be changed. I mean, we have no idea what's going to happen. But that's that's where I appreciate that they have a plan about all of this. And believe it or not, folks, what Mark Ruffalo put out that little Instagram Snapchat video that he put out, where it gave you the behind the scenes stuff. I will I will tease this right now. Did you? frankly see everybody that was in that video you didn't see any sets but you saw a couple of characters that uh feige told us they can't be a part of the universe because they're on a <coughs> television show but they were in that crowd too just be prepped feige's got some surprises up his sleeve but he just got cornered you know they, they now they want to do a um female version you heard about that were they yeah. in front of him, Chester Thomas, yeah. and confronting him on set, and all the women was in front of him saying, "What are you gonna do about us?" And he said, "We're gonna we spoke go of, for it." We spoke about that. We spoke about that uh, during the Grindhouse House a few days ago. Yeah, um, I would love to see a, a fearless defenders or an A Force. That would be I'm awesome. That. <laughs> that would be awesome, yo. And 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 again, for all the guys for the the diversity in comics crew who are nothing but that. All they are about is uh, uh, keeping the white male status quo, you know. And yes, I said it. I put it out there right now, seeing how they've attacked other creators and other fans. All right? Understand, the world is not you anymore. (laughs) The, The world is more diverse than you can possibly imagine. So 
how Marvel and DC and Valiant and Image and Dark Horse taps into those properties and taps into those cultures for their movie franchises going forward. That'll depend whether a movie makes a hundred million or eight hundred million. Real talk. Well, we're going to get into this again on Saturday, undoubtedly. Um, I'm very excited about this thing, but I'm also, you know, just mildly concerned. Not that it won't make money. Uh, talking about Black Panther, but just, you know, will, will it stand toe to toe with all the other imprints? I mean, Thor is going to track extremely well. I think this Thor movie is going to probably be the most successful Thor movie to date. And Thor has made around $600 million. So, I mean, the, the past movies have, made, have done quite well. But this movie, um, I think it's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be a billion, but it's probably going to be seven fifty. Um, so, I think, well, but for, for a Black Panther film, this is really going to be a test to Marvel's ability that if you can have a film that is, I, I hate to keep on repeating it, but that is this black, you know, and this positive and showing uh, a black guy empowered and, and in control. They just, you know, there's just something about that. If they don't, they don't want to promote that. They don't want to promote that. That's just well, so funny. Thing. We got about. I'm sorry. Well, well, here's the thing. They did one smart thing. When that movie comes out, for like four weeks, there's nothing in front of it, yeah. and it's a Marvel property. So you got to really hate the black experience to not go see this movie. <laughs> well, you listen, man. <laughs> you got four weeks. That, don't that, well, I, let's say what they're telling you. Don't listen well, to let what me, they tell, the media is telling you. Well, let me read this. You know, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me, go ahead. Let me read this to the Rolling Stone because this, this is addressing what you're saying. Then we're going to have to close shop. <laughs> Three minutes remaining. Uh, it said, oh, jeez. Now it moves. Hold on. <laughs> uh, oh, man. This is, this is, this, this is uh, the man. <laughs> Hold on. I can't believe uh, it. Uh, All right. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Now my computer. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right. For the Rolling Stone, it says the novelist Shamanda Adichie, I'm probably screwing it up, talks about the danger of a single story about Africa, about brilliance, about black brilliance, our humanity, and the black experience for too long. There would never be a time when the, this movie's creation wouldn't mean something to black people in particular, and the inevitable backlash that this movie will receive for its celebration, existence, and confidence in blackness will be a reminder that there are no new conversations, merely new opportunities to remind us of who we are collectively, who we collectively are. So this writer, uh, feminist, I'm familiar with her, she's saying that, you know, it's going to be some backlash Blacklash, I should say. Just that poster alone. Somebody's going to say some pretty foul things. Because they're going to see us happy about this thing. You saw a little bit about it with Wonder Woman. But it's going to be far worse with black people. Yeah. So we got to be prepared. Yeah, the, the, movie, the movie starts to destroy the keep your foot on your neck and play keep away. <laughs> hey, oh, nice. Will you three go see it together? Will you three go see it together? You, y'all live close enough? I mean, maybe you can make yeah. an Afro nerd event. Mm-hmm. 
We've been trying to figure out some some way. We took what you said before because something like that would be. We we reached out to um, the gentleman from the uh, Black Comic Book Festival. Uh, that we should try to work out something to make, you know, even if it's at the uh, Alamo Draft House. Although Weinstein <laughs> has effed up even that. E- even the Alamo Draft Draft House is under uh, scrutiny for sex, sexist behavior. So. We're working on that, but undoubtedly, <laughs> we all will see. We're all going to see this thing, so that's not going to be an issue. It's going to be. It's going to be next level, for sure. Uh, Daryl, as always, man, I appreciate you. It's, it's refreshing for you to come through on a, on a midweek, man. So uh, that's cool. Uh, the captain, everybody, will be back again on Saturday. Eventually, Daryl will, will be returning to that spot. Um, let's go out on K Tronada. Saturday, folks, we'll get it, get it in again for Black Panther 2, the trailer. All right. It's been real. Despite the weather, K. Trinata, Saturday.